When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's QuickCast episode of the Coaching Coordinator Podcast is taken from a Lawrence First and Goal clinic talk with Dave Patnude, the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. Coach Patnude is a wealth of knowledge on the game with 30 years of experience, and today he's going to share exactly how he prepares his quarterbacks to play without stress, to play with confidence, and he's really figured a lot of this out over his 30-year career, and he shares that with us here today. In this first segment, he talks to us about what he feels his biggest job is as the quarterback coach. My biggest thing with the quarterback and quarterback coaching, because there's all these different things out there about we got to teach them this technique and, you know, we have all these cool drills and, you know, we have, you know, guys that have all these different philosophies and, you know, we go on to, you know, putting all these really cool plays in and I got all of these great indie things that we like to do and all of that. When I, after 30 years of doing this, the thing that I've broken this thing down to is my job as the quarterback coach is to alleviate anxiety and stress from the quarterback. If a quarterback goes into a game and he's full of stress, he's anxious, he's full of anxiety, he cannot play as loose and as free as you want him to play. That is my simple job to take away the test anxiety that the quarterback has on Saturday, because ultimately that's our test, right? How we play on Saturday is our test. The analogy that I give those guys is, Hey, look, you know, you got a test on Tuesday. Your boys call you up and you say, Hey, we're going to Buffalo wild wings tonight, man. We're going to go watch the game. We're going to hang out. You want to come? And he says, yeah, cool, I'm going to meet you there. But he really didn't study for that test. He knows going into that test, man, I probably should have studied a little bit more. His palms are a little sweaty. He's got a little bit of test anxiety. I probably should have been hanging and banging with my buddies. I should have probably studied for that test a little bit more. So he's full of stress. He's full of anxiety. He goes in. He can't really concentrate. He didn't sleep great because he knew he had this thing hanging over his head. But on the converse side, if he would have just said, yo, guys, I'll meet you later, or, hey, I can't, I got a test tomorrow, I need to study. We've all been in that situation when we got that history exam 
at two o'clock in the afternoon and we studied and we know that inside and out, we go into that, into that test, man, our shoulders are back. We sit down. We believe in what we're doing. Hey, let's sit down. Give me that test. I'm going to kill this thing. And so that's what I'm trying to prepare those guys for is being able to take the anxiety out of taking the test. Because I've always said that the preparation is going to lead to confidence. And if you're playing with confidence at Q, you're going to perform better. If you have any stress, any anxiety, any questions, then you can't play free. So what we're going to talk about is being able to reduce stress, reduce anxiety on game day. Okay. And the three ways that we're going to do that are mentally, physically, and emotionally. And none of those three things are any or any more or less important than the others. Because I really believe that if you're physically, mentally, and emotionally ready to play, and this is you as a coach also, right? If you have anxiety about going into playing a game because you're just not sure, you're just not, I don't know if my guys are ready. I'm just not sure you can't coach as well as you normally can do, right? So their preparation and our preparation go hand in hand. And we, when we walk in there and our shoulders are pulled back and we say, yo, put the ball down, let's go, we're ready to go, we play and we coach better. It may seem old school, but it's proven that writing things down is better for learning and retention. And Coach talks about the workbook that he gives his players and the exact expectations of how they use that throughout the season. To me, it's essential that you have some kind of workbook for the queue. And this is a season-long workbook. So when they came back at the beginning of the semester, they all came in, uh, what was that, Tuesday, everybody gets a brand-new workbook. Everything that they do gets written in the book. Everything that we say gets written in the book. They draw every formation. They draw every route concept. They draw every blitz. They draw every stunt. They draw the fronts. They draw our run game. They draw our checks. And they know exactly because they're drawing it over and over and over again what those reads are, what those coverages are, because they're writing it in the book. I think it's critical. But I've always believed that the best way that there's transformation of information is it gets put in the book and they study it and they have a study guide through the off season. Stop spring ball, stop summer, stop. And then you get into your in season weekly books in your in season weekly game plans. But I firmly believe that the more you write it, the more that you put it in the book, the more that you translate it, into your own words, that is critical for young quarterbacks to be able to do that. The second thing about the book is you take their book. At the end of a couple weeks, you take their book and you say, all right, fellas, leave your book on the table. They're like, all right, cool. You know, They think, hey, we're just going out to practice. I'll pick it up after practice. You collect them and you read them and you see how much they're putting in there. The great ones the ones who know exactly what you know, exactly what you want to know, their books are like a Bible of exactly what you're looking at, what they should be looking at. Their notes are clear and concise. It's a total 
transformation from where they started at the beginning of the book to the end of the book. And you could tell day by day who's on their things or not. Traditionally, guys who are not very good and can't take the things that you talk about in the classroom, when you look at their books, they're awful. The drawings aren't right. They're not precise. So when you get the drawings and you say, hey, yo, we're running an out route here at 12 yards, and they draw like a little squiggly line at three yards, they can't transfer that information. So we are on them constantly about what they're putting in their book, put the route depth in, put the hashes in, put the splits in, and make it look exactly like I'm drawing it on the board. If you really want to be a great teacher, a great coach in the classroom, you'll understand exactly how your players learn. And in this section, coach talks about the VAC test or the visual, auditory, and kinesthetic aspects of learning that he tests his players on and then tailors the learning of each of his players using that information. There's a thing called the VAC test, which is visual, auditory, and kinesthetic learners. You need to invest in this test. Because not every kid learns the same way. Some guys are only visual learners. They can only see it if it's on the board. They can only see it, especially with our PlayStation kids, right? They can only see it by being visual and seeing it. Some kids are auditory. So they learn by being able to hear what you're talking about. And they're able to process that information that you're talking about more concisely than just watching it. Because sometimes when they watch it, they're not as clear in their vision. They start watching the routes, let's say, instead of the blitz. And then there's your kinesthetic guys who have to get up and walk through it. They have to walk through their steps. They have to walk through their drops. They have to get up out of their chair and actually do it. You're going to increase your teaching ability a hundredfold by knowing exactly what kind of learner your guys are and to understand, hey, with this dude, I need to basically tailor my presentation to how they learn. So you can see down there as the visual things. I mean, those guys love that stuff. They love posters and maps and notes and note taking and YouTube videos and, you know, things that are color coded, okay, timelines, grids, charts. Facts. They like things that are visual that they can read and see. The auditory guys are going to be guys that are going to listen to stuff. They're going to hear what you're talking to. All right. They're, they're more into like TV and songs and, you know, they hear music. They like study groups, that type of thing. And then the kinesthetic guys, sometimes those guys can't pick that stuff up. All right. So they have to be able to walk through, copy their notes, walk through the games, right? Trace things. Okay, it's not just that they have to walk through them, but sometimes they have to actually get up and draw it. They have to get up and do things that trigger those things in their head. Putting things together, building things, building a playbook, writing things down. Okay, you see on the bottom of that, you know, constructing posters and other things that they can keep revisiting the process by doing something with their hands or their feet of walking through it. So I think it's really important. I learned this. You know, from the head coach at Coastal Carolina, Coach Moglia, a long time ago, about understand who your guys are and how they learn. And then as you're going through this, 
it's not as much about what you know is how much they can learn through using these various things and take to the field. Now, we're all alphas, right? We're all alphas. We want to be the best at what we do. No matter what level that we're at, we want to be the best at what we do. We want our guys to be the best on the field. We want our guys to be the best position on the team. We want our guys to be the best position in the league. We want our offense to set records. We want to score more points. We want to have more yards. Okay, but at the end of the day, you got to get over your ego, right? You got to get over your ego because we went from setting records for eight straight years and then we came in here and I couldn't do the same things, right? So I had to get out of my own head as to the things that we could do and really shrink the thing down, okay, and use these key, you know, key teaching components to be able to really hit the guys and then be able to grow them, especially as a young kid, going back to what we said, you can't assume that they know anything, all right? So break it down to the bare minimums. Coach explains that in order to best teach your players, you have to be a master of the game. That's not just the offensive side of the ball, becoming a guru and knowing everything on offense. It's really understanding deeply exactly how defenses work and how you can attack them. That then goes to transferring that knowledge to your quarterbacks and really getting them to understand the why behind your offense and why they do certain things to attack a defense. Everybody's going to talk about your offense. You're going to put all of the stuff in the book. You're going to draw your splits. You're going to talk about your formations. We're going to talk about how the offense all comes together. You're going to talk about the pass game, the run game, the checks, all of the things that you need to know offensively. You're going to know it as well as I do, guys. You need to be a coach on the field, all of those type of things. Absolutely true but you have to master defensive football. I spend the majority of my off season with a few things here and a few tweaks here about offense, learning about defense, sit in with defensive coaches, sit in with the defensive staff. I happen to work for one of the best defensive coaches in the country, coach Collins. And we see everything in practice. Day one, there are odd fronts, middle open, middle close, four down, bare fronts, blitzes. You have to know that as a coach. You can't just coach offense. You have to know exactly what the defensive guys are doing. So when we started with those Zoom calls, it was football 101. It was, this is a three technique. This is a shade. This is an odd front. This is an eagle front. Why do they call it an eagle front? How did they start? How did they end up in the fronts that they want to end up? How do they end up in the coverages that they want to end up in? And you have to know that. So many times the quarterback gets dumbed down from a defensive understanding that we don't put enough time into teaching them exactly what the defense is doing. And where does that free safety start? Where is that free safety going? Is that backside free safety the key? What does that overhang player do? Where does he start? Why do they want to do this? What have they done against other offenses that look like ours? And we started day one. Fronts, stunts, coverages, blitzes. And I'll tell you why. If that kid does not know that that Sam linebacker is hot 
or he's not protected, he's going to be paralyzed because he's going to look to see whether or not that guy can come. If he's not clued into that weak safety when he is in a four-by-four alignment and they're playing a week three coverage, they can't bring these guys to the field. They can't bring that guy because they're not capped. The safety is not capped. He's in the middle of the field. So the more that you could take this huge amount of defense and shrink it down into this little box of stuff for the guys to understand, then they can play fast. If they're guessing whether or not a guy is protected, if they're guessing whether or not they're going to get blitzed, if they're guessing whether or not that corner can crash, okay, then they're not playing as fast as they possibly can. So where does the magic happen? You have this huge group of offensive stuff that you love to do. You have this huge amount of information defensively. And in the middle, there's a mix of where that offensive play and that defensive structure comes together. And the key for the quarterback is to know when we run this play against this defense, this is where the ball goes. So they have to truly understand both all of your offensive philosophies and the defense because ultimately the defense is going to tell you where the ball goes. We can scheme it up all we want. We could say, hey, we're running smash to the field, and we're going to do this, and we're going to scheme them, and this is what they've showed. But as soon as they squat that corner to the field, they're telling you, okay, go backside. So the defensive structure, the defensive alignments, the defense, how they're interacting with the offensive play that you've called is where the magic happens for the quarterback. And that really, truly becomes the difference. Most cues could tell you the what. They could tell you what to do. They could tell you what the defense is doing. They could tell you what four verts are. They could tell you what our base RPO scheme is. Make them tell you why. So in your meetings, in the discussions, You'll say to him, hey, Mike, what do you got here? Yeah, I got I got smashed to the left, coach. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is what the defense is doing. Why? Well, I can't throw the rollover into the flat because they squatted into the flat. They love to bring this pressure against this formation on third down. They're telling you this is why they're doing it. This is why I have to go with the ball. Anybody could sit in a meeting, write things in a book, and tell you what it is. Always ask why. That's the deeper piece of what we're doing. Coach dives deeper into this in his entire talk and gives some examples of how this works on the field as well as on game day. Get the entire talk uh, by clicking on the link in our show notes. Uh, there's just an incredible library from Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. Now over 90 courses from that clinic have been developed and are on CoachTube. I will put the link to the entire library in the show notes as well. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski. 
Also, a few notes coming up on clinics. Next week, we have the Louisiana High School Football Coaches Clinic. That's lfca.coachesclinic.com. That's headlined by Sean Payton, Eric Bieniemy, and Nick Saban. Steve Sarkeesian will be there as well as the LSU coordinators, uh, Chris Horton from the Ravens. Again, just a really strong lineup. You're going to want to check that out. It's only $25 at lfca.coachesclinic.com. Thank you.